SBS Audio is supported by advertising. SBS, a world of difference. You're with NITV Radio on mobile, online, and on radio. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land NITV broadcasts from, Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and their elders, past and present. We also acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander tribes and clans we broadcast to, from the mountains to the plains, from the desert to the sea, from freshwater to saltwater. Yamad, welcome to NITV Radio. Coming up in your program this Friday afternoon... We look at the campaign for a year's vote to Indigenous Voice to Parliament launched last night in Adelaide. As you'll hear in the program, the official launched the official launch attracted a large gathering. In today's program, we also have a conversation with two deadly creatives, Carly Shepard and Kamara Bell Wikes, who've joined forces to produce what's considered to be one of Sydney World Pride's most thought-provoking theatre performance. The play will uh, premiere this Sunday, February 26, as part of Marie Madong Boot Boot, a First Nations gathering space celebrating Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander LGBTQIA+. All these stories and more coming to you on NITV Radio after the news, coming to you from Nam on the Kulin Nation. Bertrand Tungandami, I am Bertrand Tungandami. Australia Day 1972 saw the first Aboriginal embassy directed outside Parliament. The native title legislation must be amended. And they've walked this land so many times before anybody came. I am sorry. Bulletin, yes, campaign for Indigenous Voice to Parliament officially launched. Australia pledges aid package for Ukraine on the first anniversary of Russia's invasion. And in cricket, Australia defeats India to reach the Women's T20 World Cup final. The official year's campaign on an Indigenous Voice to Parliament has been launched in Adelaide. Hundreds of supporters have gathered at the Tandanya National Aboriginal Cultural Institute for the launch, which they hope will appeal to voters' sense of national pride. More than 50% of voters nationally must vote in favour in order for the referendum to succeed, plus a majority of voters in a majority of states. Campaign director Dean Parkin has told NITV he's trying to shut out political noise as the Yes campaign begins in earnest. Getting people to focus. We understand that, uh, that some people have still got some, uh, not necessarily exactly sure on what to say and how to say it in the communities. What we've been saying over the last couple of days is just get out there and start. Just start the conversation, bring people in and make it easy for people to be part of the conversation. It's really about saying this is not overcomplicated, it's actually a very simple process. The campaign for a no vote has already been launched with support from Christian groups and conservative MPs such as Warren Mundine. 
In the meantime, South Australia's Upper House has made history by passing legislation to establish an Indigenous voice to the state's parliament. The bill now goes to the lower house for approval and if passed, it would make South Australia the first state in the country to establish an indigenous voice. Representatives from regions across the state will be directly elected to provide the local advice with two members of each group to then form a statewide voice group that will address either house of parliament on particular legislation of interest to First Nations peoples. Premier Peter Malinoskas has told Seven News it's a significant step forward. Giving you know an Aboriginal voice the ability to speak on the floor of the Parliament doesn't mean they have a vote. Doesn't mean they overrule the will of the Parliament. It doesn't diminish anyone else's say, but it does give them the ability to be heard on issues that affect them. The federal government is pledging $33 million in military assistance for Ukraine on the first anniversary of Russia's invasion. The package including includes the sending of surveillance drones with Australia also to expand its sanctions regime, targeting Russia-linked individuals and entities. Sanctions have hit more than 1,000 people and entities. Prime Minister Antonio Albanese says there's no doubt of war crimes committed in Ukraine. He paid tribute to the resilience, courage and determination of the people of Ukraine. It is one year uh, since this illegal invasion. We again say to President Putin, stop this war now. Withdraw your forces now. This is an unprovoked attack. No one is threatening Russia. No one is threatening Russia's sovereignty. There is no need for you to continue this war. The federal government has set its sights on expanding Australia's higher education sector overseas. Education Minister Jason Clare is to travel to India next week alongside 11 vice-chancellors from Australian universities to sign a mutual recognition agreement that will offer greater recognition of degrees from both countries. But Mr Clare says there is also opportunities for Australian universities to open up facilities on the subcontinent after... India relaxed legislation around foreign entities opening offshore campuses. He has told Sky News it's a positive outcome for a sector hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. There's Australian universities in India at the moment that run courses embedded in Indian universities. Deakin and Monash and Latrobe are examples of that. This is about the potential to open campuses. So going from, from running courses to opening campuses and the Indian government has an education plan where they want half of all young Indians to either go to vocational education or higher education by 2035. China's stretch sanctions on Australia could be lifted within weeks following a high-level departmental meeting between officials in Canberra and Beijing. Australian government sources have told SBS News Trade Minister Senator Don Farrell could be on a plane to Beijing within weeks after the productive discussions on Thursday. The government anticipates such a visit would be timed to take place alongside an announcement on the future of the $20 billion trade sanctions. Australia says it will not be raising human rights concerns over West Papua to the Indonesian government as the foreign minister continues her tour of the Pacific. Eight groups and international organizations such as the United Nations have repeatedly spoken of human rights abuses in Indonesia's Papua province.
The UN reported last year they had received allegations of several instances of extrajudicial killings, enforced disappearances, torture and the forced displacement of at least 5,000 indigenous Papuans by security forces. But Foreign Minister Senator Penny Wong says Australia is not getting involved in Indonesia's affairs. Australia under successive governments has made its position clear. You know, we, we recognise Indonesian sovereignty in relation to, to Papua. Uh, and that's a position that reflects uh, a bipartisan position and a position that reflects uh, our undertakings and commitments under the Lombok Treaty, and we remain committed to that. The Australian Security Intelligence Organisation, ASIO, has revealed a hive of foreign spies operating in operating in Australia in the past year was reportedly linked to Russia. Nine newspapers on Friday cited unnamed sources as saying the spies posed as diplomats and had been operating for more than 18 months in multiple locations, including the Russian embassy in Canberra. They were reportedly trying to recruit Australians with access to classified information and steal data. In his annual threat assessment delivered earlier this week, ASIO chief Mike Bages said intelligence officers uncovered a group of spies and had them removed from the country. Director General Bages said the hive was working undercover and some of the spies had been put in place years earlier. Urgent mediation talks are underway after the deaths of 11 Palestinians in a shooting on the West Bank. Officials from Egypt with the United Nations Middle East envoy Tor Wenesland has arrived in Gaza to meet Hamas leaders following the deaths, which Palestinians say were the result of an Israeli raid. Israel says they occurred because soldiers were fired upon when they came to detain militants suspected of planning imminent attacks. The mediators fear tensions could escalate even further, with six rockets having been fired from Gaza in the hours after the incident and Israel responding with airstrikes. State Department spokesperson Ned Price says the United States shares their concerns. We had productive conversations in recent days with the parties and U.S. regional partners in support of efforts to prevent further violence. We are deeply concerned that the impact of today's raid could set back efforts aimed at restoring calm for both Israelis and Palestinians. And back home, a new report has revealed the number of older renters in Queensland has surged over the past 10 years amid ongoing housing affordability concerns. The Housing for the Aged Action Group says the number of people older than 55 living in private rentals in the state has gone up by 71% in the last decade, pushing Queensland past the national average. The figures come from a new analysis of the 2021 census data conducted by a team of university researchers. The group's executive officer, Fiona York, says the numbers speak to the size of the challenge facing Queensland as its population continues to age and the housing crisis shows no signs of abating. A minor flood... A minor flood warning has been issued for Catherine and other parts of the Northern Territory as heavier-than-usual rainfall continues in the top end.
Rainfall totals of at least 75 millimeters have already been recorded across the Catherine River catchment in the last 48 hours, while 140 millimeters, milliliters have fallen in Timber Creek. The Bureau of Meteorology says more showers and storms are possible over the next few days. And in sport, Australia has triumphed over India to reach their seventh straight Women's T20 World Cup t- final. The nail-biting match left Australia ahead by just five runs in their final four encounter in Cape Town with 172-4 to 167 for eight. The champion Sorry, the champions held their nerve against an impressive batting display from India with fine bowling in the final two overs from Jess Jonathan and Ashley Gardner, who secured two wickets, helping to keep the opposition team at bay. Captain Meg Lanning spoke after the match. That's one of the best wins I've been involved in to, to fight back from uh, the position that we were in and probably not play our best game um, in all three facets. was great fighting spirit from the girls. Couldn't be more proud of them. This takes the Australians to Sunday's final match against either England or South Africa. And now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome mostly cloudy, 30, Perth sunny, 30 degrees as well, Adelaide partly cloudy, 40, Melbourne mostly sunny, 33, Hobart also mostly sunny, 31, Albury Wodonga sunny, 29, Canberra partly cloudy, 26, Wollongong also partly cloudy, 23, Sydney similar conditions, 25, Newcastle much the same, 26, Brisbane showers, 27, Townsville mostly cloudy, 29, Cairns a shower, 231 degrees. Early Springs, sunny 36, Darwin, showers and a possible storm at the top of 30, and the Torres Strait Islands, a mostly cloudy day ahead at the top of 28 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. NITV Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1pm or anytime online. You're listening to NITV Radio coming to you from Nam on the Kulin Nation this Friday afternoon. Coming up next, we have a conversation with uh, two deadly creative artists, Carly Shepard and Kamara Bell-Wikes, talking about a play they've put together for World Pride, which is taking place in Sydney this week and uh, part of next week. Well, Chess, the name of uh, the play, is premiering this Sunday, the 26th of February. And, as you'll hear, it is considered to be one of Sydney World Pride's most thought-provoking play. But let's first explore the latest developments around the upcoming referendum for an Indigenous voice to Parliament. <laughs> Details for the Indigenous Voice to Parliament referendum have now been confirmed. Now, supporters of the Indigenous Voice to Parliament have gathered at the official launch of the Yes campaign. As Deborah Grock reports, they say voting Yes will make Australia a greater nation. The Indigenous Voice to Parliament referendum will be held later this year in a landmark moment for Australia. A group opposed to The Voice has already launched its No campaign in January, backed by Christian groups and Conservative MPs like Warren Mundine. It wants an all-party parliamentary committee that will focus on the rights of native title holders instead of a referendum deciding matters. 
Now, the group, which will ask Australians to vote yes in that referendum, has launched their official campaign at the Tandanya National Aboriginal Cultural Institute in Adelaide. Tandanya CEO Phil Saunders is the master of ceremonies. This is a moment in history to be embraced by all Australians. Collectively, let's change the nation's birth certificate to make Australia a greater nation. Dean Parkin is the director of the Yes Campaign Alliance. So we've had uh, community networks, alliances, organisations and individuals from across the country, all supporters of a successful Yes vote on a voice to Parliament, come together here in Adelaide to hear about what people are doing around the country, um, getting clear on what the strategy is and really getting them ready to go out and campaign in the communities that they come from. The Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, has not attended the launch, but he's been on the front foot ahead of the event, accusing the opposition leader, Peter Dutton, of trying to create confusion about the voice. Peter Dutton is showing uh, that uh, he wants to uh, create as much confusion and is doing nothing that would indicate that his starting point is, okay, how do we work on this together? How do we get this done together? That's my approach. I want to do this together. The Nationals have repeatedly said they don't support The Voice. Leader David Littleproud says the party does not believe it will make Indigenous lives better, though they support the principle behind it. The lived experience we have in representing rural and remote areas where the disadvantage is, is we believe another layer of bureaucracy won't actually close the gap. If the question had been put to us, uh, do we believe that there should be constitutional recognition in the preamble, that Indigenous Australians were here first and we're better together, then I sense my party room would support that. The Liberals have yet to confirm their official position, but Peter Dutton has consistently demanded more detail on what the voice will look like. Anthony Albanese says the detail they want is already out there. Dean Parkin agrees. The government has established a process, it's brought in some constitutional experts, it's got the uh, Indigenous Working Group and the Engagement Group, and that's the rightful process for those issues to be worked through. And then obviously this has still got to go to the Parliament. The Parliament will see what the the referendum bill looks like and there'll be further opportunities for submissions and so forth. But Mr Parkin says ultimately the voice is about giving a say to Indigenous communities about issues that will affect them. It's unclear how much support either campaign has, but historically Australia has only approved eight referendums since Federation. Ultimately, Mr Parkin says the campaign should have nothing to do with politics. We've got to take it down to the communities. When they walk into that polling booth on referendum day, it's not going to be about political parties, it's not going to be about governments or prime ministers or anything like that. It's just going to be about individuals saying this is something that we want to do for our country. Deborah Grok, SBS News. Join the conversation on radio, online and mobile. You're with NITV Radio. Kali Shepard is a descendant of uh, the Tagalaka people from uh, North uh, Queensland. The artist has been developing and performing the character of chess for nearly a decade. Then she joined forces with a Yagara and bachelor woman, Kamara Bell-Wikes, to deliver what is described as the most over-the-top cracked version of chess yet for World Pride 2023. Ahead of the premiere of chess this Sunday, February 26, as part of uh, Marie Madong Butbut, First Nations Gathering Space, Kali Shepard and Kamara Bell-Wikes caught up with NITV Radio's Sharka Pekova to explore their thought 
thought-provoking theatre performance. My name is Carly Shepherd, and I am descended from the Tagalaga people of North Queensland. Um, and I grew up in Nam, Melbourne. And I am a yeah, I'm trained in dance, and I'm sort of an experimental theatrical performer and artist. Yeah, and I work across various disciplines. My name is Kamara Bellwikes. I'm a Yagara Butler woman from southeast Queensland, living and working down here in Nam and Kulin country. I just like to call myself a theatre maker to cover all of the roles that we do. Um, And Carly and I uh, have our own theatre collective called A Daylight Connection. Mm. Thank you so much. And now who is Chase? Chase. Chase is. (laughs) Good question. Um, (laughs) Chase is a character that I came up with Years ago, it was probably around 2012, 2011, 2012, um, and I, it was just a party trick sort of in the backyard. I would just put on this sort of bogan character and um, she she sort of started developing through these like stupid things that I would like put on performances for my friends and like they would um, ask her questions and she'd answer. And so this character started getting developed and I realised that she was a really great tool to use as a performative way of exploring the sort of um, complex intersections of race and class uh, for blackfellas and and stereotypes as well um, in Australia. So that's how Chase kind of began. And it's comedy. It's definitely comedy. Like she's, it's sort of satire and and dark humour. And um, I really can use her in this way of um, tackling and exploring really taboo subjects over the years and um, making people laugh and it very very much has been spoken about as like you know Chase is kind of like a reflection or a mirror a way for a way for us to kind of look at ourselves and not just black followers I would say uh, all all of Australia and in fact the world and (laughs) she's kind of one of the many people that have fallen through the cracks and I mean a bit of a train wreck in yes. but you know it's like the kind of thing that you can't look away from mm-hmm. and that she absolutely can say things and do things that um are absolutely repelling but also completely endearing and disarming and that is yeah as Carly said a, a real reflection of the, the, the society, I suppose, yes. in all the different ways that it merges. And I, I think the thing that I really, what excited me about Chase, and I think it's quite a rare thing to see, particularly in theatre in Australia, is a character develop and take on new experiences and actually yes. evolve and that their positionality and their perspectives on their experience and identity kind of change. Mm. And, you know, like I, I think there's a genius about Chase that she's completely unaware of as well, which is also why she is such a kind of effective, powerful, um, as Carly said, vehicle for really, really taking things too far is what we like to do. We like yeah. to take things way too far. Yes, and yeah. but make sure that it's always anchored and that's that's what yeah. Chase is really great at. We can go into the cosmos of uncomfortability but still be anchored um, on the ground and in a, a really safe way. And so 100%. and that's that is I think what Kamara and I, that's sort of our our MO as far as how we work together creatively across all of the works that we're making is that ability to push 
as far as we can while um, maintaining its anchorage in like safety. Mm. So um, and and respect. Yeah. So that's Chase. That's Chase. <laughs> and so Chase, um, this iteration of Chase. So as I said, I've like kind of worked on her over the years. And like Kamara said, she's had she's kind of living a parallel life to me. It's a really strange thing, <laughs> just to have this sort of character that I can, you know, inhabit. And you know, when I get a new opportunity to sort of come up with a new work for her or a new space for her to exist in and perform that, she she evolves into that new space um, and into that new story. And so that's something that's quite interesting and, uh, and compelling for me as an artist to do and to be able to um, collaborate with Kamara on this is just like the dream because I'm able to, I don't know, there's just a synergy in how we're able to bring these ideas to life and to talk about things. So this time around with Chase, it's less about um, the Australian context of colonialism and assimilation and identity politics. Identity politics. Yeah. Um, and it's more about um, the emergency or like, um, yeah, like extinction events and like our looming. And it's, it's, it's an existential crisis, yes, essentially. Yes, uh, also, a complete psychological breakdown that happens on stage, but at the same time, uh, a complete transformation yes. and almost resurrection yes. and chase is representing the collective she's the last woman person on earth and she's holding the party to end the world and she's just kind of sorting through the rubble of western capitalism and the last 200 years and we've only really taken our current position in the world yeah. maybe 20 years yeah. further like we yeah. you know we and we haven't pushed it forth but the great thing about it is the show's heaps of fun it's really, really heavy, but really, really stupid. Yeah. It's about like so this um, kind of extreme isolation and loneliness while being completely inundated with information. It's kind of about processing. Which, which came from the lockdowns, wasn't it? Yes, like we really, yes, the, the lockdowns had a massive effect on us. Processing and, mortali- collective mortality yeah. and, and Chase's sort of representational of how we create meaning. Mm. and how we create ritual and how we create, yeah, the stories that we have told ourselves over time that tell mm. us who we are and why we are. 100%. And, how, and she's processing all of that and trying to merge and transmute it, transmute <laughs> yeah. all of those She's stories. alone. She's alone. <laughs> she's alone yeah. and she's having a party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You pretty much answered a lot of my questions, right. but uh, in the program descriptions, it says meet Chase and you might see yourself. Yeah. In what way do you mean that? Well, in in a multiple ways. So mostly that that's what Chase does just in general. It's what she's always done. She's put a mirror up, as we said before. In this in this particular iteration, it's the the fact of the fear, the unspoken fear of our own extinction, <laughs> an existential crisis of of humanity on our planet at the moment and so it's it's kind of looking at these things and staring at ourselves and in a more micro way i would say that what we really do in the work is that we kind of really exploit pop culture tropes and modern society tropes as well as psychological um mind states and the human condition that we know exists today because Mm. of the state of the world but we really break them down into a funny kind of way as I would say 
the greats of like Monty Python yes. and yeah. have done before. Yeah. And so really our fodder is the human condition of modern society. And so yeah. you can't come and watch this show without it seeming super familiar, yes. but also something that you've never experienced before yes. because this show makes you feel things. And most of our audiences walked out in Melbourne going, what the hell was that? Like, yeah. and crying and laughing yeah. and that they, and not being able to describe the show, but describe the feelings that they had. Yeah. And, and that's the tr- thing that we're trying to do with theatre and that's what the live performance form is yeah. for. It's to feel something. And, and that's like kind of one of our main agendas as well, yes. as well as just breaking form, pushing narrative, having heaps of fun and doing it really, really well. We're all about the craft. That's our MO. And yeah. so we just tell everyone, like, it's a hell of a ride. Come see it. You will not regret it. Yes. Um, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Like, yeah. it's my favourite show ever. I'll say that, like, <laughs> wholeheartedly. And, you know, a lot of people have said that to us. It's, it's like. Yeah, it's funny. It's like. Yeah, it's a great all show. Of the heavy, heavy, like, um, themes, themes in it. It's like you kind of don't really stop laughing. Like, yeah, until I, you're crying. Until you're, until you're crying. <laughs> and they happen quite quickly. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And-, and and the other element to just add on to it is the AV is another element that mm-hmm. Carly was like, I want to do a use AV. And it was the first time that we'd kind of really deeply collaborated together. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because, you know, Chase was kind of my first show outside of a, community or prison context and so I haven't really worked with tech before but I was like yeah hell yeah let's do it and we didn't even have a show at this point Carly and I made the show we wrote the script in three days like and we just we channeled source like and it was actually one of the most amazing experiences I've ever been involved with and then four weeks later we had a show Carly had COVID for a week in between it (laughs) but my I guess my point is that um I can't remember what my point was. Um, what was I AV, saying? AV. Oh, the AV. We had a, we brought in a, two amazing artists to do the AV, mm-hmm. and even without Carly on stage, who by the way gives one of the most phenomenal performances, she's out there for seventy minutes on her own, playing multiple characters, and just like it's incredible to watch, and it's a real ceremony. The performance itself. Um, but the AV, it just brings this other element that without Carly, you could literally just watch the AV and still be like you were, yeah, you're in an installation like a, yeah. piece because the yeah. set is really epic. It's The show is like it's a pretty um, yes. over-stimulus kind of yes. deal. Like it's yes. a lot, but it's also really great. And yeah. I think the best way I can describe it is the crazier shit gets, the more sense it makes. Yeah, that's, that is exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> And that was uh, Carly Shepard and Kamara Bell-Wikes in conversation with an ITV radio's uh, Sharka Pekova talking about uh, their theatre performance, Chess, one of the most thought-provoking uh, performances of World Pride 2023. It's time to set aside for a short moment, but uh, stay tuned because this conversation continues after the break. Join the conversation on radio, online and mobile. You're with NITV Radio. Welcome back. And now uh, back to our conversation with the theatre makers, Carly Shepard and Kamara Bale-Wikes, in conversation with NITV Radio's uh, Sharka Pekova. Together they continue to explore chess, one of the most thought-provoking performances of this year's World Pride. 
who is this performance for? But listening to you, I'm probably going to ask, who is it not for? Um, oh, that's a very good question. Um, oh, I think, well, th- actually, I've spoken to a few people about this. You know, it's, you know, some people will, some people just, just didn't, it didn't go with their thing because they are more into um, sort of traditional theatre and some people were just thought that they they didn't understand it. They'd never experienced anything like it, but they were like, we want, I want more of this. So it's sort of the kind of thing where you don't know until you see it and we've sort of made it for everyone. We, we yeah. made it for everyone, but we made it for mob, like, and we made it for... We made it for you. No, no, you know what I made it for? I made it for myself, to be honest. Yeah. Like, and I will say, though, that surprisingly, because I sort of thought the same, like, in fact, people keep telling us, oh, this is a niche type of form. Oh, it's too much. This is not, people haven't seen this type of work before. And that's why we're doing it, because we're trying to push everything, like I said before. But we took it up to Aubrey Wodonga, and their, their predominant audience is, like, old white people old, rich white people. Yeah. And they came and saw the show just because they go to every show. And you know what? They were mo- one of the most incredible audiences yeah. sobbing and be- because they get it. They get the existential crisis. And so, and then we've had other mob like black followers that just like, they still, we see them, they quote the lines of the show more than we do. Yes. And we're like, all right, enough. That's you're, true. Kill- you're killing it. Yeah, they, they quote. <laughs> We have made a monster. Like whenever we see black followers have seen the show, they quote the show back to us constantly. Yeah, great. We've (laughs) got to get some shirts made up. Yes, we do. There are a lot of one-liners and catchphrases in this show. It's cool. Amazing. How did you two actually meet and decided to work on this show? When did we meet? Uh, I so Carly and I both part of obviously the the Melbourne um, kind of theatre art sector, but I was around kind of before Carly was here, and then I took off up to the Northern Territory. When I came back, I was like, "Oh, who's this Carly Shepherd?" <laughs> and then um, she acted in one of a, a show that I wrote for Albigeri Theatre called Northwest of Nowhere. Um, and as soon as I saw her, and Carly had only danced, like had been. Doing, I studied at NASDA, so while yeah. Kamara was kind of down here, I was up at NASDA and then I came back to Frankston to have a baby and um, then I went back to study again. So I spent a lot of time studying dance and trying to figure out what my sort of practice would be. Or, you know, I was a little baby trying to be an artist and and then, yeah, like a couple of years later. Northwest of Nowhere was like your first acting gig though, right? It was my first acting yeah, gig. Yeah, and Correct. it was the first time I saw Carly yep. on the floor and it was just in a rehearsal and I was like, whoa. And then, I, you know, we've been getting to know each other over the last few years, but I've always, then I saw Carly perform Chase, crack, uh, Crackers and Crackers Dip. and Dip with Chase and Toy. Yeah, so which was, was an earlier iteration of yeah. Chase. And I was yeah, like, wow, house. like I want to get, I didn't even say I want to get in the room with Carly. I said, I want to get in the room with Chase. <laughs> That's what I said to her after the show. But in order to get in the room with Chase, she had to be in the room with me. So. <laughs> but the other thing is we also do have a family connection from up Queensland way. We are both Murrays and, you know, we haven't quite worked out the specifics of the connections. And there's a few different connections that we've got through the fishes and stuff, but we, we decided that a daylight connection was the best yes. name for our theatre collective. Yeah, so yeah. we're actually like we're mob as yes. well. We're related. Yeah. Um, but she's one of the most talented, incredible artists that I've ever come across. And we also we just we vibe. Yeah, together. we do. Like yeah. we we fucking and this is oh, sorry for swearing. This is like <laughs> this is just it's a dream because we both are obsessed with each other's work mm. and with how each other works. Yeah, and we just love 
watching each other's process. We love being a part of each other's process. It's it's um and we we make better work like together. we make better work together. Yeah, you know, which cool. is pretty rare. And yeah. that there's no there's no ego. And like what you said, Carly. The day of the pro- we d- we never say no to each other. Yeah, we don't say no to so each other. So that's how we end up yeah. out on the cliff. Yeah, yeah. No one says no. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in good ways, good yeah. ways, in yeah. all the right ways. I love it. And this performance is part of the Sydney World Pride. What does this mean to you? Well, this like I'm um, a part of the queer community, and Chase has always been sort of. She's sexually a, ambiguous well yeah she's she's um well i guess gender ambiguous like yeah. she's never really like i've always called her she but she's uh she's sort of a an anything mm. um she's always kind of been you haven't been able to profile her yeah. in so many ways um and like sexually profile her and um racially racially gender she sort of is is very amorphous and nebulous in that way which is like extremely queer and um mm. so i feel like she really really fits as as a a queer spokesperson who is like you know a very problematic queer spokesperson but she is that's that's what she is in a strange roundabout way um so and yeah. i think the thing you know pride and the whole queer community is about pushing the boundaries and pushing the form and taking things beyond where they've been together and yeah you know, just the colours and the vibrancy and the psychedelics and the visceralness yes. of what I think this festival is going to be like. Chase This production of Chase is right yeah. up that alley as yeah. well. So, But it's also just so epic. Like I think we're so excited to be part of such a huge yes. monumental thing yes. and to be there with all the mob at Carriage Works and big shout-out to Ben Gratz and, yes. you know, all Eric the team. Bar, yeah, 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 100%. Yes. Like, and we just want to, like, come kick it with all the crew in Sydney, man. Yeah, we're excited. We're 6.30 every night there at Carriage Works. We'll be there and then we'll be dancing in the foyer afterwards. Yes. That'll be the real show. Yes. <laughs> sure of it. Sure of it. And what, what, what's next? So Chase will be in Carriage Works from February 26th to 28th. And what then? Uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of stuff going on. So we're doing a work in Yurimboy Festival down here in Nam in May called The Nighttime Travesty. That's going to be a big Spiegel tent show mm. that's going to go off. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have singular projects we've both had before we created a collective that we're lo- roping sort of into the collective and we'll be working on them throughout the year. And one of them includes, well, there's our singular ones and then the one that we're making together um is uh, for, for Urine Boy specifically, is called A Nighttime Travesty. Yeah. And then watch this space. We're going to come out with a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, we're really making moves over the next couple of years. So it's exciting. It's exciting. And that was our uh, artist's uh... Kali Shepard and Kamara Bell-Wikes uh, in conversation with uh, NITV Radio's uh, Sharka Pekova. Visit sbs.com.au slash NITV Radio. Now, the federal opposition is promising to block any moves to change Australia's superannuation system. It says potential updates amount to a broken election promise. Greg Dyatt reports. Changes to Australia's superannuation system are being considered by the Albanese government and the coalition says that possibility amounts to a broken election commitment. During the federal election campaign, Anthony Albanese said Labor had no intention to alter the super system, but now he's saying there won't be any major changes. 
Labor says it hasn't made any decisions yet, but it's understood to be looking at reducing the generous tax concessions that apply to super contributions. Under the current system, super contributions are taxed at a lower rate than the personal income tax rate. The government argues action is warranted, not least because of a forecast that superannuation tax breaks will cost the budget more than the age pension by 2050. The Coalition's Treasury spokesman Angus Taylor says any changes to tax concessions would undermine the whole system. The entire superannuation system is undermined when election promises are broken, particularly when it comes to tax arrangements and how super is being spent. Anthony Albanese says superannuation is designed to provide for retirement, but his party is concerned that a minority of super accounts have multi-million dollar balances. The latest Treasury figures from June 2020 reveal about 12,000 people have balances over $5 million. Superannuation is there to provide for a quality of life in people's retirement. It's not there uh, for other purposes. Assistant Treasurer Stephen Jones says multi-million dollar super balances can suggest the system is being used for tax minimisation rather than retirement saving. We're not saying there's a cap on how much money you can have in your retirement savings and we're not saying there's a cap on how much money you can hand over to your kids in the form of an estate or your favourite charity. We're not saying that at all. What we're saying is there is a legitimate question to be had about how much the Australian taxpayer, through the budget, subsidises your retirement savings through generous tax concessions on savings placed inside superannuation. The Coalition says it will block any changes. Angus Taylor again. Superannuation is Australian's money. It is not a piggy bank or to be spent or taxed to fill budget holes. Labor does not have a mandate to tax and spend Australian superannuation. Opposition leader Peter Dutton has told Radio 2GB any changes to tax concessions undermine the stability of the super system. If it starts on people with higher balances, they'll just keep coming back to the world and all of a sudden you're a couple of runs down and people who didn't think they were in line, uh, next, you know, they're having to pay additional tax. And the other final point is that there needs to be certainty around superannuation. There'll be kids and, you know, speaking to their parents and grandparents now who would be saying, well, why would I invest money into super if you've done the right thing? You're abided by the rules and now the rules are being changed uh, and there's uncertainty that's been created about your retirement nesting. Anthony Albanese says the coalition has a terrible record when it comes to superannuation. He points to its repeated blocking of attempts to raise what's known as the superannuation guarantee rate, which is the percentage rate paid by employers to superannuation. The Coalition have undermined superannuation at every single opportunity. They went to election after election saying they wouldn't interfere with the superannuation guarantee and then breached it every single time and uh, a whole lot of them tried to do that uh, last time round as well during the last term. For politicians and public servants in Canberra, the current super rate is 15.4%. The rate the majority of Australians currently receive is 10.5%. It goes up to 11% on the 1st of July 
and then 12% a year after that. Greg Diet, SBS News. NITV Radio, on radio, online and mobile. That was uh, Inma by Electric Fields, uh, bringing us to the end of uh, today's uh, program. Bertrand Tungendami, I am Bertrand Tungendami, thanking you for your company this uh, Friday afternoon and wishing you a beautiful and safe weekend and happy Mardi Gras. Till next time, bye for now. Yalu. Yeah,